Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hi there, I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. I am a public radio producer. Former, I suppose, if you want to talk technically, because I'm now in Rome for a year, living here through the end of June. How about you, Tiffany? I've been living here for almost 10 years, so um pretty used to it by now, but it's nice to be seeing Rome through the eyes of someone who is here temporarily. Yes, and you have a good friend from back home. Tiffany and I have known each other for, oh, I don't even know how many years, since the seventh grade. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. I always do that. Well, I picture you as seventh grader. At least 20 years, I think. At least 20 years. So that's who we are. We are documenting our experiences being uh, expats, living in Rome, me being very new, Tiffany having been here for a while, because as you might have suspected, if you're dreaming about moving overseas, it is both good and bad. Yes, both bitter and sweet, hence our name. So how would I say that living overseas is both bitter and sweet if I was going to say it in Italian? You would say, uh, vivere all'estero e sia dolce che amaro. I like that. That sounds very pretty. And I can't understand a word of it, even though I just asked you what to say. Mainly because I don't speak any Italian. Well, you're learning. You're spe- you, you, can, you can understand a little bit. I have witnessed that. I can understand a little bit. I can uh, understand how to say bag, because they ask me if I want a bag at the grocery store every day. Fusta. Yes. My comprehension is definitely going up, but my ability to bring those words forward in any sort of a situation is still very low. Mm, it takes time. Don't don't give yourself a hard time. I'm much more likely to say something in Spanish, and I don't even speak Spanish that well. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely normal. That's totally normal. To be fair, when I'm in any foreign country, I tend to want to speak in Spanish. So I've been in Southeast Asia saying gracias to people. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, what do you think is the most frustrating thing about not being able to speak the language of the country you're living in? Uh, I could say a few different things. I think the thing that's the most frustrating to me is not being able to pull off things that I would consider simple tasks back home. For instance, the other day you and I were out walking about and you needed to buy a new pair of gloves. And that requires a certain level of communication with the shop owner both in what color you're looking for, what size you're looking for, and wanting to know how much they are. Now, I could probably ask how much they are, but everything else is too complicated for me. All of a sudden, all these very simple things where, you know, I'd love to go get a new hat, but that seems like such a daunting task to me. To even walk in the door and start a conversation with somebody uh, seems impossible. So I've been trying to reframe that in my head as being... It's not that big of a deal. Think of all the money you'll save (laughs) because you can't do anything. You can't buy anything. It's brilliant. (laughs) So in that way, uh, I'm I'm choosing to feel that I'm very frugal. But it's all little things like that. Anything you need to ask for becomes a daunting task. I totally get that. But you should see these opportunities as a challenge to improve your speaking skills because these are the situations in which you will, you know, it's one thing to look at a book or to go to a lesson and have somebody tell you how to say something. But when you're actually physically in the situation and somebody shows you a lamp and says lampada or lampadina, that'll make a click inside your brain because you're actually looking at it in the moment. You're actively living the language in that moment, even if, you know, not perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so I think you should put yourself out there a little more. The worst thing that can happen 
is that you look stupid. You know you're not stupid, so who cares if you look stupid, right? But when you can't speak, you feel so stupid. It's true. Like, it I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, that's another thing that's a challenge is that you have to not take it to heart. Like, I'm looking now at children and thinking, what makes you so smart? <laughs> you know, why do you know this language? <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've voiced that to my husband. <laughs> you know, because I'm watching like four-year-olds going around like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he says to me, to their credit, they've had four years to work on this. <laughs> but even still, I'm I'm looking at children and I'm jealous of them. And I'm like, God, they're smarter than I am. They know how to interact with people. And it's also changed my view on dogs. Now I look at dogs and I think, dogs don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, how could they possibly know what we're talking about? You kind of get, you kind of put yourself in their shoes for a second. <laughs> you know, and dogs don't really listen very well. Maybe they know their names, but other than that, when you're like going, oh, aren't you so cute? Put your little sweater on. Uh, you know, they're just, they've got no idea. And I'm a, I feel like I'm about as smart as a dog. If they ask me, do you want a bag? I can be like, yes, or no. <laughs> Same as, would you like to sit? Or do you want a bone? <laughs> but <laughs> if anybody says, can I take your order, please? Or where is the bathroom? I'll look at them with a puzzled look. I don't know. What are you talking about? It takes time. Don't don't beat yourself up about this. And I do know what you, what you mean when you say that you feel like it makes you feel stupid. I felt when I first moved here, now I spoke Italian relatively well when I moved here, not fluently, but I had had several years of lessons and I had traveled here for, you know, medium length periods many times but what I noticed was I had no sense of humor in Italian at that time oh. and uh, and I feel like someone who you know I can crack a joke every now and then I can make people laugh in Italy I, I couldn't make people laugh because I didn't know how to joke and I couldn't take a joke either because I couldn't tell when people were joking and it, it what it does is it, it messes with your sense of identity if you identify with being a smart person and all of a sudden you can't speak it's, it's hard. It's difficult. If you identify with being a funny person and all of a sudden you, you don't know how to make a joke, it can be very difficult. So I definitely understand. Well, that is a whole nother point. I feel like I'm not adding anything to society whatsoever. The only thing I'm adding is understanding enough to get the heck out of the grocery line so that the people behind me aren't, aren't irritated. But exactly that, like you can't, you feel like you can't get to know anybody. Nobody has any sense of who you are as a person. And I'm sure I'd feel differently if I was staying for longer. I would need to solve this problem. But Derek's trying to make me feel better. Derek is my husband by saying things like, even if you never learn Italian, what's it going to benefit you when you get home? You're never going to use it again. So if you don't use it this year, hey, no big deal. That may be true, but I think that learning a new language always has benefits, even if they're not super concrete benefits. So I would challenge you to try and to, uh, to maybe get a language partner. That's what I would do. I would get a girl who, who speaks Italian, obviously, a native Italian speaker who wants to do Italian-English exchange. This is things, something that people do a lot. It's very easy if you're the English speaker because you're obviously your language is more in demand. You get together for a coffee for an hour or two. You speak half the time in English. You don't have to give her a lesson. You just correct her mistakes, and then she does the same for you. I think that that would be a good way. That is a good way, except I can't form an entire sentence. Do I have to be able to form an entire sentence before this exchange occurs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because you were too advanced by the time we got here. Well, let's, well, let's go back to you. 
how did you end up finding that you could have a sense of humor in Italian? I think it happened when I was dating a guy named Mirko about, I don't know, I guess six or seven years ago. I'd been here for two years, maybe a year and a half or two years. And I was dating this guy who was very, was kind of a jokester, funny. I think spending a lot of time with him, I sort of t started to pick up on the Italian sort of sense of humor. And I remember, I remember very, very clearly one day I was hanging out with him and I think his mother and I made some joke. I can't remember what it was now. And I stopped and I just felt so pleased. And I said, I made a joke in Italian. And he was very proud. And that was the beginning. And I never looked back. So are you a funny person in Italian? I don't know about, I don't know if I would use the word funny. I think I'm definitely a person who can crack a joke every now and then. But I wouldn't say it comes naturally, no. You've been here, you're in your 10th year. So does that mean that you would consider yourself a perfect Italian speaker at this point? I don't think that, I don't think anyone who starts to learn a language after the age of 12 can never really reach perfection. Maybe you can after a lifetime, but I don't feel that I'm, I speak perfectly at all. I know I make mistakes. I would say as close to fluent as you can get without, again, without having started learning when you're really, really young, but not 100% perfect. And definitely my accent is good, but it's not most people can tell when I speak. Even if I were to say something perfectly, most people can tell anyway that I'm not a native speaker. Do you know you make mistakes because other people tell you ma you make mistakes, or are you able to identify the fact that you made a mistake? Both. Both. Sometimes I don't notice and someone corrects me. Not my husband. He never corrects me. Not because he's trying to spare my feelings, because he thinks it's funny when I make mistakes. Which is very sweet. And, <laughs> uh, and sometimes because I realize it and I correct myself afterwards. And I've done the, uh, you know, buonasera in the morning. <laughs> so, and that's a bad accent, by the way. Well, it's not so bad. I've heard worse. Um, I actually say buongiorno a lot in the afternoon. Because in Italy, when you say buongiorno, literally means good day. But you, you technically only use it until about 12, 1 o'clock, maybe 2 o'clock at the absolute latest. And then you've got to switch over to buonasera, which is sort of a cross between good afternoon and good evening. So I definitely have done the, you know, 7 p.m. buongiorno, and people look at me like I'm an idiot. So don't worry, you're not alone. Okay, so I want to ask you, I mean, obviously now you live in Rome, and you're married to an Italian man. And an Italian man who, yes, does speak some English, but he has more work to go than you do. So most of the time you speak in Italian to one another. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, when we first started dating, his English was very basic, and it's really improved since we've been together. Not so much because he and I speak it, but because whenever we are around my parents or my friends who don't, because I do have some friends who live here who don't speak a lot of Italian, and he has a lot of opportunities to speak English. So he's improved indirectly, thanks to me. Uh, but, um, but definitely, no, we speak, we speak Italian together 99% of the time. It's interesting. It's not, um, it's, it's great in the sense that I get constant practice, but... I don't know that it necessarily, I don't want to say I don't need it because that sounds, makes me sound like a snob, but uh, I speak it all day at work and I speak it quite often, you know, in my daily life and I speak it with his family. So it would be nice to speak, speak a little bit more English at home. It'd be a little more relaxing. Well, here's the thing I want you to describe to me is if you can speak Italian fluently, you can say anything that you want to say. 
Why do you miss speaking English? Well, because I can't actually say anything that I want to say. I can probably say 99% of what I want to say. But every so often, there is a phrase that is just a little bit too complicated. And, and what when I realize that I'm not 100% fluent, I'm not perfect, and it becomes difficult or complicated. There are times when you're having an emotional argument with someone, your spouse, and uh, you just want to scream in your own native language. And actually, I do. When, when we're fighting, I very often go into English. Of course, that hardly ever happens. <laughs> it doesn't help your, uh, your side of the argument. Well, exactly. It doesn't. <laughs> no, there are certain, there are, you know, every language has its own. It's funny. I said that because the word that came to my head was sfumature, an Italian word. Actually, I can't think of the English word. That's what happens sometimes when you live in a foreign <laughs> language. You, you, um, you, you, there are words that you use that you don't necessarily know the English translation. So sfumature, I guess, would mean like shades of gray. There are many shades of gray in a language. There are, there are subtleties. And also there are connotations. The way you say something, when you say something, if you translate it word for word into another language, it can technically mean the same thing, but there aren't the same, there isn't the same subtext as what there would be when you speak English, for example. And so sometimes I want to say something, and it doesn't come out as strongly as I would mean it in English. And that's very frustrating. Can you think of an example? Uh, the phrase, you've hurt my feelings. Okay, I don't think that this exists, this phrase in Italian. You can say, I fatto male al, alle mie sensibilità. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it literally is the same words, but it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. And I don't think that there is a direct translation for this, a, a sort of a way to say that you have, you've made me feel, feel bad. It's just, it's not, uh, it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not, or even if it, if it does exist, it's not exactly the same. So you would need to say in, instead, that made me feel bad directly. Yes. You could say that. It has sure. no poetry. Is that what you're saying? Well, maybe. I don't know. I just think that there are, um, there are definitely subtleties to a language that when you're speaking in, your f in a foreign language, you just, it doesn't matter how, how well you speak. It'll never be exactly the same. It's just like a book. You can translate a book and it can be beautiful. The translation can be wonderful or a poem, but it's never the same as the original. Would you say that your husband doesn't fully know who you are because he can't speak your language? That's very intriguing. <laughs> or do you not fully know who he is? Uh, I think it could be true. Um, but I actually think that that makes things more interesting. There, there is a little level of mystery when you don't... Sp I don't just say we don't speak each other's languages because we do, but when you're not fluent in the other person's language, when you're mother tongue is not the same as the mother tongue of your partner there's a little bit of mystery there especially for me I think because I can you know go off and shout and scream and speak really fast in, in English and he he's not going to probably get it all but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I think that um, it's good to have a little bit of mystery in a couple but I also think that not being able to speak the same language could possibly prevent some fights because Sometimes you just don't have the energy to try to explain yourself or complain about something in another language. So you just sort of let it blow over. If it's serious enough, obviously you do. You pick your battles because you, you, you just, just exhaustion forces you to. That's interesting. So it helps you uh, not fight and it helps me not spend money. That's brilliant. <laughs> and not fight or do anything with any, anyone in the, uh, in the outside world.
Yes, I think it's a, a great reason to move abroad. So you should all try it. To learn another language? To live in a language that you're not used to, either to save money or to not fight with your partner. One, one <laughs> of those two reasons. If I may, um, another great reason to live abroad, if you look anything like the place where you're moving, because uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a shapeshifter. I, I, look, I could look Italian. I could look like I'm from Mexico. I've been told I look Welsh sometimes. Anywhere I go, everyone's you like, could pass think. black Irish. You're right, exactly. So everywhere I go, everyone thinks it's possible I could be native. But you even said that in traveling to Vietnam many, many times. Yes. Even in Vietnam, people thought that I was the child of a mixed marriage, a half Vietnamese child. Because I was often traveling with a Vietnamese man who was exactly my same height and coloring. So I think that people thought that my mother was American and, and my father was Vietnamese. That said, <laughs> a little bit of a shapeshifter in my look. One of the great things for me uh, coming to Rome has been being asked for directions by tourists. <laughs> and as I started to learn, you know, how to give them directions, where things were, so I could give accurate directions, now I get complimented on my English, which, <laughs> which is wonderful. <laughs> and one, one woman I was giving directions to after I finished, she said, wow, you, you, I have to just say, you speak excellent English. And <laughs> I said... Thank you. <laughs> That's it. You didn't tell her you were American. Heck no. That was like my biggest, jo my most joyous moment. Yes, I do speak really good English. <laughs> That's true. And I don't even speak really good English. No. That's the thing. As a foreigner, you do, though. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because I actually don't look Italian. Most people think that I'm not from there. They know that I'm not from there, I should say, because... I'm not from anywhere but America. So if I'm ever traveling, people can tell that I'm the only exception to that is when I was in Budapest. Oh. And I was in a taxi cab and the cab driver started speaking to me in Hungarian. And I said, I don't, I don't speak Hungarian. And he said, and he looked at me and he said, oh, you look just like a Hungarian girl. So I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I'm going to say it's a compliment. I'm going to go with it. Um, I'll go a compliment. <laughs> but, um, but no, no one thinks that I'm Italian. And in fact, it kind of annoys me sometimes because I walk into a restaurant, and this happened just yesterday. Um, we were waiting for you <laughs> uh, at our favorite pizzeria, Dar Poeta. I was late? No. <laughs> but anyway, I walked in with my Italian husband. We were sort of chatting amongst ourselves in Italian. And the waitress comes up to me and, and asks me um, how many we are in English. My husband's not very dark. He's got light brown hair, I would say. And he has a kind of, I don't know. I don't think he looks super Italian. He doesn't look American, but he could, he could kind of be from anywhere. Most people assume that we're not Italian. And that kind of frustrates me, I have to, I have to admit, when people ass automatically assume that I don't speak English and they start or they don't speak Italian. That I don't speak Italian. And so they immediately start speaking English to me. Hmm. That's interesting. See, I have the opposite problem. <laughs> it's that people speak Italian to me and then... Not always, but a lot of times they'll speak Italian to me and then they'll look at me with that moment of realization mm -hmm. <laughs> when they realize, oh, I'm dealing with an English speaker here instead. And I'm sure it's not that sinister. I'm dealing with an English speaker instead. You're a straniera, a foreigner, the dreaded foreigner. Yes, and then they have to say, bag. <laughs> <laughs> at least I've got that one down. And they'll always say it like that, too. I, I always feel like I've let somebody down. So in that way, I should learn to speak so I don't let anyone down. And who cares if I who, let anyone who down? Who cares? Learn to speak for yourself. 
So you're going to be speaking Italian for the entire rest of your life. That said, if you're slightly um, tired by the fact that you have to live in Italian all the time now, how are you going to be 20 years from now? Well, first of all, it's not necessarily for sure that I'm going to live in Italy for my entire life. That's true. You never know. But if we have children, I will speak only English to my children. This is a decision that I'm very, very secure on. Uh, I know some people who are raising children here who half of the couple is an English speaker, half the other half is Italian. And a lot of people sort of get lazy or they just l sort of let it slide. And they, the kids going to naturally want to speak Italian because they're growing up here, they're going to school here, all their friends are speaking Italian. So if you are the parent of the other language, you have to be vigilant and you cannot let that child speak to you in any other language. You have to pretend like you don't understand. I have one friend who's good at this. She literally pretends like she doesn't understand Italian when she's fluent. But it's for her kids' sake so that they get com so used to speaking English with her that they never even try to speak Italian. So this is obviously for the kids' benefit because obviously I would want my children to speak perfect English. And for my own benefit, because that would be one more person that I would get to speak my own language to. How do you imagine dinner table conversations happening in this scenario? Mm, very good question. <laughs> I think that I will force my husband to speak English. And when we're together, I will just force him. I don't know how I'm going to do that because he's a very stubborn man. This reminds me of a story you told me where you were trying to teach your husband English. And once you catch on to which story I'm telling, you should take it over. But... Mm -hmm. You're trying to teach your husband English and or improve his English, I believe, leading up to when you were getting married. And so you said, we're going to take a walk and we're going to speak English the entire time that we're walking. Do you know wh which story this is? I can't really remember. No, we're going to speak English the entire time we're walking. We're going to go out for a walk for like an hour and going about the walk. And as you start to approach your apartment, you realize that you're speaking in Italian and you can't remember when you've switched over. Somewhere along the way, he switched and started speaking to you in Italian, and you just kept going with that. Because for you, you flow back and forth between the two so much. <laughs> I guess in this situation, you didn't notice. If he could do that without you even noticing. Mm. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to be extra vigilant. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I hope that I'll be able to. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being overly confident. Yeah. But I will try. That's all I can say. I will definitely try. I would like to learn another language because I feel like it must be good for your brain. I think it is. I think it's it's definitely proven. I mean, they've done studies on this that it's good for your brain. So I think that um, I think that now is the chance and now is your moment. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do it tonight. I'll actually do those pages in the workbook that you um, marked what two weeks ago for me yeah, to work that on. Was two weeks ago. I will say one thing wonderful about being able to speak a foreign language is you sometimes like that moment, which I don't even remember uh, that you were telling me, you sometimes don't realize what language you're speaking. And I'm not going to say this is necessarily a good thing <laughs> because you should be maybe paying more attention. But it's very interesting to think that, you know, especially when you're just starting out and you're just starting to learn a language. I remember very, very well when I was just starting to learn, le learn Italian long before I moved here. The fact that now it's so natural to me that I can speak it without even noticing, or I can remember a conversation I've had with someone, but I can't remember what language we had the conversation in. It's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. Well, we had this one in English, and we're going to leave it there. <laughs> Next time, 
We'll be back in Italian. <laughs> right, Katie? Um, buonasera. <laughs> buonasera. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.